Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for We were broadcasting on this particular radio station that had reach all over North and South America, shortwave radio, and it got us everywhere. It was great. And I kept catching these people not airing us. I would listen right before coming to church is when we aired. I'd turn on my rig at home and we wouldn't be on. And so I asked them, I said, hey, you know, we're we're donating, we're paying money a little bit, but yet we were paying. And, and besides that, uh, we should be on. And I, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry. And then uh, we'll air you, we'll make sure, we'll make sure. And I said, okay. So the next week I checked again. We were not running. They did this probably three times, maybe four times. And I kept telling people, be on this frequency at this time and I will be there. And when I'm not there, it's kind of making me look like I'm not capable or I'm a liar or something. I finally called them up and said, just take us off the schedule. Just take us off the schedule, please. Just just remove us from the broadcast. And that infuriated the station manager so bad because I said, you're making me look unreliable because you're not reliable. So what this man did, he wrote this huge email saying he was going to make an entire show about me. And he was going to use my emails that I wrote to him in privacy. He was going to read my emails over the air and he was going to twist the context and make me out to be this insatiable guy, this bad guy. He called me a demon possessed false preacher that I'm going to hell. And any other radio station that airs me as a con artist. So all the other stations were on as a con artist, but he was going to put out this show about me and he was going to talk for a whole hour about me. They were going to rake me over the coals. They were coming after me. And they had a huge reach. And he made sure I understood in his email what a great guy he was, how high up in the industry. I've been in it for decades. I know everybody. He gave me his his resume to scare me out how bad he was going to mess me up. (laughs) All I did was pray, Lord, protect us from being despised. That's all I knew to do. I couldn't shut this guy down. I've never had anybody say they were going to make a radio show talking bad about me. (laughs) I didn't pray against the man personally, but all I knew to pray was, Lord, shut this man down. We basically prayed, Lord, close this man's mouth before he has a chance to say all these terrible things. Lord, shut this man down. But how I prayed, I didn't focus my prayer against this man personally, but rather I prayed in agreement with the promises that God has already given us in this ministry, that he was going to take our radio and our outreach uh, program, put it out over the air. God has already established that. God has already said he's going to do this. I'm not, I wasn't praying against the man. I was praying for the promises. And we need to recognize the difference in that. I said, Lord, shut this man down. 
based on the promises you gave me. It wasn't very long after that, that entire station, the whole transmitter station, the whole network got closed. They went under and disappeared, and they are off the air. Now, I didn't know it was going to get that big. And I'm not saying clap your hands, yay, they fell. We're not supposed to celebrate at the fall of our enemies. But I did say, Lord, shut this man down. And he did. So we're going to see some of that today. Nehemiah is going to have to pray the same way today. He's going to have to pray for the promises. But there's somebody after me, Lord, shut this man down. And that's why I'm going to call today Nehemiah 4. This is Nehemiah 4, shut this man down. Nehemiah 4 and 1, where the wall is defended against enemies. Kind of a similar story I just told you. So they're getting ready to build the wall. He got everybody building in their segment. You build in front of your house. uh, You build here, and everybody's working, okay? But verse 1, but it so happened when Sanballat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, Why are these feeble? What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him. And he said, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Okay, you probably remember Sanballat and Tobiah back in chapter 2. They did not like the news they heard about Nehemiah coming to rebuild Jerusalem. They ridiculed Nehemiah. They laughed at him. You ever been put in that spot? I hate it. People laugh at me and ridicule me. They're doing that to them. And they tried to accuse them of rebelling before the king. They were trying to get people that were loyal to the king to rise up against them. They were lying about them. Again, I've been there. Just told you my story. Cranking out lies. You can't do it. You're going to fail. I'm going to take you down. They mocked the, the Jews that they didn't even know how to build a wall in the first place. So you don't know how to build a wall, foxes? So you hear this tone, condescending. And I'll tell you, when people ridicule you, When they make fun of you and mock you, the best thing to do is ignore them and just keep going. You don't have to stop and waste your time on them. But Sanballat and Tobiah, they were doing a little more than just talk. They were building up opposition. Now, it's one thing when somebody makes fun of you, you can walk away from it. But when they make fun of you and build up somebody to stand in your way, that becomes a whole nother matter, okay? So what did Nehemiah do when he was confronted with hostile opposition? Did he launch a counterstrike? Did he say things back? Well, I'll tell you. You ever have somebody write you a mean text or a mean email and you get on that keyboard and you're, oh, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him. And then you cool off and you reread it and you're like, oh, I better not send that. I've had pastors send me their emails. Ray, would you proofread this? Yeah. I'm like, oh my, I said, dude, you sound mad. (laughs) Well, I am. I said, then that's why you better not send it. (laughs) He didn't fire back. What did he do? He did what all of us believers need to learn how to do first. Before you counterstrike, before you fire back, you need to learn how to pray. Learn to pray. Take it before the Lord before you bounce off, okay? Nehemiah 4 and 4. Look what he does. Here's how he responded to that. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. 
turn their reproach, which is insult, turn their insult on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. Now, I know what I just said. Don't pray against somebody that they fall. But what does it look like he just said? (laughs) He looks like he said, Lord, knock them down and don't forgive them and make them captives and just bam. (laughs) I'll get into that. Just hang on with me. Uh, Let me get there. This verse does not give you permission to do that to everybody that comes against you. Context, context, context is everything, okay? I'll get into that in a minute. But I really like Nehemiah. Oh, my gosh. You're going to see towards the end of the book, he gets so mad at some people goofing stuff up, he drags them around by their hair. This guy's awesome. That's why I keep my hair so short, okay? So y'all can't do that to me. But he was just, okay, look at this guy. He's building a wall. He's minding his own cotton-picking business, doing his thing that God called him to do. He, his work had nothing to do with Sanballat, had nothing to do with Tobiah. Because it was the Lord's work. But the demons obviously triggered Samballot and Tobiah to jump in and cause enough uproar to mess everything up. Don't you hate it when you're just trying to do something that God called you to do? It's your life. It's your world, your business. Somebody has nothing to do with it. Just going to come in and wreck the whole thing. What, what business do you have in this? If you're doing it for the Lord, I guarantee you they're just going to automatically hate it. Okay. So that's pretty much how it goes. Whenever somebody tries to follow the Lord's calling, there's always going to be somebody somewhere that's going to give you pushback. But Nehemiah's first response to this opposition, it was not to hit them back. Somebody hits me, the first thing I do is I start balling up my fist. Let's go, buddy. That's the way I used to be, and I got to change that because they need to see Christ in me. It's not all about you anymore. It's not about me. We got to show them the Lord, okay? I mean, I want to scrap, but okay, Lord, oh, I got to take it before you. And I don't want to sometimes, but it's better. You know, it's better in your spirit. You do. He didn't hit them back with some crazy nonsense like what they threw at him. And we're conditioned to this. We hit back when people come at us. We like to counter. So the first thing he did is he went before the Lord in prayer. Christian, I'm telling you, you're going to live a much more peaceful life. You're going to live a lot better. More success. You want to be, oh, I love that prosper verse. Well, if you want that prosper verse to work for you, you need to learn how to do this. Go before the Lord in prayer before you knee-jerk react and jump all over. You, how dare you say that? Take it before the Lord. It works. Don't return fire when fired upon. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. I know somebody's cutting you down somewhere right now. Somebody's all over your back. You can't stand it. You just trying to concoct something to get them back. Take it before the Lord and say these same words. Hear, O our God, for I am despised. Before I fly off the handle, Lord God, would you please shut this man down? Do something. So we're going to see in this book, Nehemiah, he could not function without prayer. That's going to be a theme that's in this, not just building a wall, but how to get tasks done through prayer. One might uh, have a problem with the way that Nehemiah prayed because he prayed for the Lord. Hand them over slaves. Don't forgive them for their iniquity. Well, that doesn't sound very Christian, Ray. That sounds pretty harsh. I I know up front it does. 
So my question when I was studying this is, how do we weigh out a prayer like this? If I'm not allowed to just do this like Nehemiah did, oh, you messed with me? Well, Lord, don't forgive them and make them a slave. Whoa. (laughs) How do you weigh this out? How do we, uh, I mean, we can't just pray for the Lord to smack people around like this. Jesus commanded us to love our enemies and bless those who curse us, okay? So I want to put you in a scenario real quick, and I want to show you the difference. I want to show you something that I want to tell you about something that happened in Luke 9. There was this time when the disciples, they asked Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven on those Samaritans? They wanted to pray, burn them. You remember that? Okay, that's what we like to do. How dare you, Lord, get them. God is not your little watchdog, okay? Jesus scolded them for it, too. Jesus said, you have no idea the spirit in which you're trying to pray. Okay, well, Ray, what about Nehemiah's prayer? Didn't he? Okay, I'm getting there. I'm just trying to show you the difference. How was Nehemiah's prayer different? First, we need to understand what God's will was for the Israelites. Okay, first off, Sanballat, his little gang, they were opposing God's work. They were standing in the way of the work of the Lord. And the Luke 9 story about the Samaritans, though, the Samaritans were not trying to get in the way of God's work. The Samaritans weren't any opposition at all. What happened in that story is that Jesus and the disciples came to Samaritans, and unfortunately, they rejected Jesus out of their own free will. They said, no, we don't want him here. But they never did deliberately stand in the way of his mission. They came to the Samaritan village. They talked to him. No, we don't want it. And Jesus was like, okay, let's leave. But they didn't go, no, 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 no. You're not leaving this village. You're staying right here. and We're not going to let you out. That never happened. It's unfortunate that they said no, but they never stood in his way. Very different. Sanballat was standing against Nehemiah. He was planning something to take them down. The Samaritans in the story didn't do that. Different situation. Now, to be honest, a lot of the reason why the disciples asked to call fire down on the Samaritans is because the Jews, they had a long-running personal prejudice against the Samaritans. And so their request to call fire down and burn them up, it wasn't really because the Samaritans rejected Jesus, but because the Jews just flat out didn't like them. That was a very different story. So don't look at these stories and intermix them or say, well, Nehemiah shouldn't do that because Jesus said not to. There was a prejudice, bias, burn them up. Jesus says, no, we can't do that. Different deal. They're not blocking us. They're letting us leave the village. They didn't want us too bad, but we're gone. They're not standing in our way. Different situation with Nehemiah. You cannot pray against somebody just because you disagree with them. So a lot of people disagree with me. On a lot of issues, I pray for them. I don't pray against them. I pray for them. This was not the case for Nehemiah, though. Nehemiah, he did not have any problem with Sanballat personally. He was just trying to do the Lord's work when Sanballat tried to come along and shut it off. This is different. Not the same. Now, another reason why Nehemiah's prayer was okay is because God had already pronounced judgment against Israel's enemies. This is something that God had already said that he would do. So when Nehemiah prayed the way he did, Lord, make them captives. Lord, do all this stuff. He was actually praying in agreement with God's will. 
He was praying in agreement with something that God had already declared in the past, and I want to show it to you in Joshua 1, verse 5. He said, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with with you. God says, Anybody messes with you, I'll deal with them. Anybody tries to take Israel down, I'll handle it. So Nehemiah was praying based on something God had already declared. Guys, we really need to understand this so that we don't just go around trying to pray everybody down to the dirt. That station that was going to come against me, they said they were going to pray that I fail, that I was going to lose my ministry, that I was going to lose all my radio shows. Have I lost my ministry? No, I'm standing right here. We're still on the air. Go look it up, setforliferadio.com. It shows all the stations that we're on. We're still there. This man was praying wrong. The disciples were praying wrong, but Nehemiah was praying right because he was praying based on something God had already said he would do. So Nehemiah, he was very careful in how he prayed. That's something else I want us to learn to do. Be careful how you pray. Don't just pray whatever you feel like. That's what the disciples tried to do. Oh, let's just burn them up, Lord. That had a bias in there. We need to learn how to pray right. Nehemiah did not pray out of a personal bias. He didn't pray out of prejudice. Did you know you got Christians, supposedly, on the left side of the fence and Christians on the right side of the fence praying against each other because they don't like each other? It goes on all the time. It's everywhere. Don't become part of that. No one has the right to pray according to their own will. Don't pray according to your will. We have got to learn to pray according to God's will, according to the declarations that God has already stated in his word. And if you don't know God's word, you don't know how to pray. There's the problem. That's why we go line by line and study everything. We've got to learn how to pray. If you can't find it in God's word, it's probably that you're praying wrong. It's best not to even try praying until you can get in line with God's word. A third reason here, Nehemiah prayed that God would deliver on what God had already promised for his people. Lord, you said you would do this if anybody tried to stop us. So I'm praying that you do it. Lord, I entrust you to get it done. Shut this man down because, Lord, you said you would shut down any man that came against us. In Genesis 12, verse 3, this is one that a lot of supposed believers need to hear. This is talking about the nation of Israel, the Israel that a lot of people hate. A lot of people hate Jews. I know people that say they're Christians and they hate the Jews. This doesn't add up. Genesis 12, verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you, which is Israel, and I will curse him who curses you. If you hate Israel, you hate the Jewish people. I know they can be a mess sometimes. Quite frankly, I can too. And you know you are as well. <laughs> Ray, why'd you look at me? Don't worry about it. But if you curse the Jews, God will do what? It says he will curse you. You don't want that on, on you. You don't need any more trouble. Sanballat was cursing Israel. This is the pet peeve that God has. You go to the store and you're one of your children, you know, are walking on an aisle and you see somebody messing with your kids, somebody that you don't know, pushing your kids around. I'm sorry, parents. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to get in the middle of it quick and you have every righteous right to do so. When people mess with God's people, Israel, God gets like that. 
So Nehemiah prayed according to what God said he would do if anybody messes with Israel, Israel's enemies. Fourth reason here, Nehemiah never prayed for God to give him the power to counter strike. God, give me the power to go after Sam Ballot, knock him down and tear him into shreds and we'll bury him in a hole. He didn't, he didn't ask for that. He didn't say, Lord, build me up so I can fight him back. He never did that. Now, I know we've seen stories like this in the past, like in David's time, there was military forces were coming to kill the Israelites. You remember when David struck down Goliath? Why did David strike down Goliath? Because he didn't like him? Because if you read the story, Goliath was mocking Israel. He was cursing Israel. He cursed them for days. He stood out there and cursed Israel. That's why he gave David the power to go strike that giant down. So Nehemiah knew this about God. So he prayed according to God's will. God, you have enemies. They're trying to stop us. They're going to come get us. Lord, shut this man down. God had already said he'd do it. And in praying like that, Nehemiah also knew that he had no right to take vengeance on Sanballat. When that radio guy was coming against me, I'm going to make a show about you. I had no right to take vengeance on him. Well, fine, you're going to do a show about me? I'll do a show about you. You mess with me, I'll mess with you. You hit me, I'll hit you back. I'm on a lot of radio shows, too. I'm on a lot of radio stations. Fine. Do a show about me, I'll make a good one about you. You know what that's going to do? Absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. I didn't do that. So Nehemiah didn't pray, oh, God, give me the ability to knock the daylights out of that guy. That would be praying wrong. Nehemiah had better things to do than stop doing what God called him to do to mess with Samballot. And the people that ridicule and mock you and stand in your, well, unless they stand in your way, but if they make fun of you, walk away from it. You don't need to stop your kingdom work to go waste time on them. Keep going. Keep doing what you do. Again, Nehemiah prayed according to what the Lord had already declared. And that's in Deuteronomy 32 and 35. It says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't take vengeance on nobody. You do that. You're, doing, you're working against the Lord's will. And you're a believer. You are to be held to a higher standard than that. Somebody cuts you down, cuts you off in traffic. Don't flip them the bird. I'll show you. Oh, like that's going to ruin their day. You don't need to do that stuff. And the reason I say that is because I know we live near Houston, and we, we have that a lot here. <laughs> Bad drivers, and you want to just, ugh. I'll tell you a big set of accountability for me. I was walking through HEB not long ago. There was a girl selling stuff from behind a counter, and she hollered, hey, I listened to your show. And I'm like, whoa. And it kind of scared me. I don't know who this girl was. And she just heard me talk, and she recognized my voice from the radio. So imagine I'm driving through traffic, and I do something stupid like that. and I, I hear you on your show, and I saw what you did. Huge accountability for me. It's scary, but it's good. It's healthy for me. Oh, my gosh. So you don't have the right to get vengeance, because if you get vengeance, and you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah. You don't look like it. I've told some people, if you claim to be a Christian, uh, please stop doing what you're doing. You're making life harder for me to preach because you're making us look bad. But Nehemiah, he did not pray vengeance. He prayed according to God's word. Christians, pray according to God's word. Well, I don't know enough about God's word to know how. Well, get started. You got this afternoon, go home, start reading somewhere. Get on it. Vengeance is the Lord's. You pray like this, Lord, you deal with him. Shut him down.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.